This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. Available in video on YouTube and audio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every week, Brock and James talk the latest rumors, news, and theories from a galaxy far, far away. Support us on Patreon for exclusive offers and join the Star Wars discussion. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. You're always scum. Rebel scum. A long time ago, in podcast room far, far away, we started this podcast. 200 episodes later, we're on two different podcasting studios. But here we are. James, we've done it. 200 episodes i can't believe it rebel scum podcast <laughs> 200 episodes his I'm... name is james we'll figure out the intro one day we'll figure it all out we'll get there coming to you for the cc time i believe that's roman numerals for 200 and <laughs> c 100 i don't know wow crazy unbelievable 200 i i didn't think we would get here did you it's been almost five years 200 episodes I thought we'd be dead by now. Uh, I'm close. It's it somebody asked, someone was said, "Oh wow, 200. That's a lot." Blah 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 blah. And they asked yeah. me about you know they wanted to do one, and I you know what I said? I think helped us off the when we first started because we started in August of 2016. I, I guess yeah. it was 2016. So we started in August, and we kind of made the decision to start, and then because it was summer, I think I went away, and then you went away. And we decided even while we were away, we would still record. And I think recording every single week for that first, I think, year straight we did it was really, at least the first few months, was really important for us continuing on. Because it's like when you're working out, you're like, I'm working out. And then the minute you have a break, you're like, nah. I don't need to do that yeah. again. You know, it's like a cheat day. Like, I had a cheat day. I might have a second no, cheat yeah, you day. Have to do it every day. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, uh, I think that, that for me is something that I think really helped us out through these 200 episodes. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's wild. My, one of my Facebook memories was like, we hit a thousand people. And it was like, or a thousand subs or whatever. And it was like in the first six months. And I was like, five years ago i was like whoa or four and a half years ago or whatever it was yeah i think i was we did our first live show i think we were at like six or seven hundred subscribers and i was in new york city and you're like oh my god we just reached this i was like holy crap (laughs) uh that live show do you remember that live show our first live show you came over to my apartment when i lived in the apartment and we recorded the night before i think it was the night before i left for new york and and it was on my mac which was dying i had no idea but it was on its way out (laughs) and you came over and aaron was like (laughs) she was like trying to like put the graphics in and stuff live and my computer wasn't fast enough for it to go live and it was i think it's still on there i think it's like episode 11 or 20 or so it's 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 early on it's so it's it's on youtube we haven't taken it down it's definitely here and it's yeah it is hilarious because it starts off and she doesn't have us framed right by accident so you can see see like the camera being tilted down on us oh (laughs) and we still we still have the same issues today yeah a lot of fun absolutely it's funny how like our podcasting rooms are what <laughs> made us ready for covid we're like well, let's go <laughs> yeah it's so. 
It's, uh, but yeah, COVID hasn't slowed us. Actually, COVID sped us up at the beginning of yeah. it all. You know, we got we did a lot more, but we had to last summer. We took a few weeks off to for yeah. personal reasons and whatever. And so this probably should have happened in December. I think probably December. I guess <laughs> it would have been. But we're here now, 200 episodes, and also uh, I'm, I'm going to speak for you on this one, but a big thank you to everybody who has been with us, whether yeah. from the start or from a week ago or yesterday or just seeing us for the first time right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk of Star Wars. Um, Kathleen Kennedy just got fired. I'm, I'm saying that because I think it breaks the algorithm, Brock. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> just joking. Andrew, we're <laughs> a, part of our problem. I think is we're too. Uh, we like Star Wars. Yeah, I think we would. I think this would be more entertaining I, if we hated it. I could. I could start crying. Do it. <laughs> they just want to be friends, anyways. Um, yeah. What? Uh, yeah, it's crazy to think. Like, I think we started and. Force Awakens was out, right? Yeah, we yeah. started, uh, I guess, six or seven months after The Force Awakens came out. It's crazy to think this is, like, what we were talking about in the first couple episodes. Listen <laughs> to, like, what we have now. You're just like, whoa. I, I believe our second episode before – so we, so you for, like, two years – because we did a – do you remember? We did a podcast before this podcast, like, very briefly yeah. called Films yeah. with Friends. We should bring that yeah. back. Films with Friends because we were yeah. making a movie. And um, and and so you were like, we need to do a podcast for a few years. And then uh, part of the thing with the podcast is what do you talk about? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And we both like Star Wars. And Force Awakens had come out. And a lot of people were asking Star Wars related questions. And oh, what about this? What about that? And uh, so we decided to do this one. And I believe it was our second podcast. Rob joined us on the second yeah. one. And it was the the. Uh, Rogue One trailer during Michael Phelps' swim in the Olympics. <laughs> and and before that, you came over and we recorded our reaction to the Rogue One sizzle reel at Celebration uh, Europe. Yeah. And so we had all that in the bay. We decided that was all part of the prep to doing it. And that was fun, doing that reaction podcast. Because we, were, we weren't on YouTube until like episode 13, I believe. Somewhere around yeah, there. So our live one had to have been like, 19 or 20 or something but but i think it was like 13 we went on youtube and we weren't video until like 15 you can go on and check it it's all there um yeah it's wild that there's been five movies yeah and two seasons of a tv show show, plus the (laughs) ending to clone wars which was dead when we did this uh unbelievable with how the star wars world has changed and expanded yeah it's awesome uh I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the episode at some point or even now or whatever. Like, it's just an exciting time even, like, right now in books with High Republic. It's just like, wow, uh, the new book is coming out tomorrow. I'm excited. I think Andrew's on the show later, so, like, he'll probably bring it up or I'll bring it up. Uh, Super exciting stuff. Like, it's just wild. I mean, we had probably had books at that point, too, five years ago, but it was sort of like... I feel like now with the High Republic stuff is like they're really trying because it's like now they're not hampered by like, well, we can't go too deep into anything. We can't reveal too much because we don't know what characters are free to be messed around with. So I want to I was talking, I think, to Andrew about this a few days ago and and 
and you know love the sequel trilogy whatever i think um the problem with star wars from 2015 until like last year the yeah. problem and i'm not saying well the movie sucked or the book sucked the problem was that disney bought lucasfilm and was like episode seven's coming and then the next year, they're like, all oh, those books you used to read, those are called legends. We're making our own canon. Yeah, Everything's yeah, going to connect. Yeah. But the, and and I and I still firmly believe that that was the right decision to make. Um, the problem was when you decide to do episode seven, but seven, eight, and nine, but you haven't decided what seven, eight, and nine are about. It's hard to connect story at all while you're doing it. You could. You could finish it now and you can go in and you can tell stories like they did with the original trilogy with Legends and whatnot. You can go in afterwards and do whatever you want. But while it's happening, it's it's impossible. Your hands are tied because you can't tell a story about this because it might happen in that, but we haven't decided yet. So I think during those years, the problem was they, they kind of rushed the whole idea on it. But now they've had all this, you know, they've had the five movies and now two te- two seasons of the TV show and the ending of the Clone Wars, where they can look at it and say, okay, that didn't work because of X. Let's correct it and we'll do this. So now you have the High Republic, which as long as Yoda doesn't die, they could do whatever they want. <laughs> you have the Mandalorian, which lives in this 20-year gap of time where you can do whatever you want. And then, so that they've kind of figured it all out. And I'm not, and I'm not dissing. You know, there were some really great books that came out in that during those those years with Force Awakens and all that. But a lot, there were sometimes you'd read a book and you're like, Ugh. you know, or they bring out a comic, you're like, okay, but it's empty because they're they're not committed. There's no commitment to it, and now they can finally commit because they have an overarching goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's. We've come a long way. It's great. Um, uh, video games too. Like it's, I mean, there's the whole intrigue of Battlefront and EA is like dropping the ball. It's amazing. Like uh, when would did was Battlefront the first one for me, for like uh, the current Battlefront iterations? Was that out when we were starting or what? Did yeah, that, come that out came after? out. That came out in a, like a month before the Force Awakens. Okay. Because there was, so, if you bought well, like, the extended one, it came with like the Jakku and all that stuff in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, by it was really the intrigue was Battlefront 2 and like the play to pay or pay to play, all that jazz. And it's it's wild. That was like. That's three years ago. I guess now? after Last Jedi, right? Because I think fits that. In with it. I think that was the year of The Last Jedi. That must have been 20, right? 2018, 2017. Yeah. People hated that game, and now there's been a resurgence because now games can constantly evolve because they're all just downloaded yeah. content. They're computer games like on your system, so you can just up continuously do updates and updates. And now it's like people are crazy for that game. So yeah, it's, 19, uh, it's amazing what's happened. Nineteen million subscribers or mm-hmm. new new players or whatever you call them are on yeah. that. I was yeah. just playing it the other day. I love that game. Yeah, uh, Battlefront One was my jam. The new Battlefront One was my jam, but that was like I got that for Christmas with that PlayStation, the Vader PlayStation, all that. And and there was a mode that Aaron and I played together a, a lot on that, and and I had a lot of fun. Two Two's a lot of fun, but they made it more like I think for gamers. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about it later. But I'm a terrible gamer, and yeah. uh, so Two's a little bit complicated for me. But I still, but you can't play one anymore because there's nobody on it. 
but but two you could play and it's 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 just I play Blast. It's I find it to be a lot of fun. You know, people. I, you know, it, it, the thing with Battlefront is it's a type of game. Either you like that type of game or you don't like yeah, that type. Exactly. But I was talking to you about like Overwatch. People love yeah. Overwatch. I'm like, I have Overwatch. I love Overwatch, game. but it's the. I feel like it's. I mean, maybe you know, I'm not gamey enough to understand that it's not the same. But it feels like the same game. Only one's like cartoony anime characters, and the other one is Star Wars. And I like. I I have a blast with both of them. Um, but you know, Fallen Order. Uh kind of i think was what a lot of people were looking for in a video yeah. game you finished i haven't finished it um but i will you finished <laughs> it though start to fi- obviously two they're planning a sequel or a continuator something's going on yeah. but you finished it as a star wars story how does it rank you don't have to be like it's in between here and there but like how does how did you feel as an overall star wars story with that game oh i think it's definitely up there uh there's a lot of care to work it in i mean it's it's similar to that of force unleashed where it's like they're like well why don't you create a story that's actually good and i i mean force unleashed has been a while like it didn't it seemed to be its own thing even though i'm sure there was little things that but this one was actually sort of i mean they dropped characters in there Mm -hmm. that we've seen on on yeah rebels and then also the comic books as well so it was like someone said hey how do we fit this all together? And they put all that stuff in, um, adding Night Sisters in there. That's cool. And just, just like fleshing it out, and like to the point that like I would, I'd watch a movie about this, even if it was just like computer animation, like the game. Like I said to you at one point, like if you don't want to finish this game, don't play the game. Just watch all the cutscenes on YouTube. It's a, it's a wicked story. There's a lot of cool things in it. That's like, oh, that's very, very interesting. So, it's yeah. I, I would watch the cutscenes, but I do want to play the game. I do want to play the game. Yeah, I'm just I'm yeah. very bad at the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. How I'm going. How I'm going to. My secret weapon <laughs> to finishing the game has emerged from the darkness. That look. I I I'm not because I'm not a gamer. I never had a hate for EA. For me, EA was NHL. You yeah. know, 2000 yeah. Madden. And like that's what EA was for yeah. me the whole time. People hate EA. It's like they made a game. Everyone's like, I hate EA. <laughs> I like that game, but I hate EA. And now EA is is no longer has Star Wars, right? Like they or they do. They can still make Star Wars, but it's not exclusive to them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my one complaint from 2012 to 2021, nine years almost. October will be nine years of Disney owning Star Wars, so eight years really. Wow. Yeah, we've gotten three video games. Yeah, three video games. I mean. There was a lot of those like mobile games. I forget what they're called. Yeah, no, uh, those are where, fine. Which I've done really, really well, but they're often forgotten when we talk Star Wars video games. Yeah, yes, but what reason why I'm saying oh, this though is Squadrons, so four. But okay, still, four. Sorry, four. Still, yeah, point is still valid. Okay, we've got them four, and one of them I haven't played Squadrons. You have, but it was very, it was very inexpensive. Which, yeah, it's weird. I haven't played it, so I can't judge it. But it seems like it might not be complete. Um. Eight years, four games. Yeah. <laughs> you you look at it and you say, the video game industry is the biggest industry for entertainment. How have you not managed to produce more games in that time? Uh, who knows? It's it's really interesting because it's like, how many games have we reported on in the last five years? Uh, I think, you know, just 
series of events, things fall through. And then also, like, we keep talking about a sand, uh, uh, open sandbox game that they keep which talking is coming. about. Like, which is coming. But, like, stuff like that takes time. And case in point, Battlefront 2, now Cyberpunk 2077, uh, No Man's Sky. Like, you cannot rush these games. No. And you can't, like, pull the wool over like gamers eyes so it's like if it takes time it takes time but yeah it is surprising i mean in the five years you could on xbox play the old games they back they finally put it on like xbox arcade and i'm sure ps4 well that's why that's why i i I opted for the playstation over the xbox was because when you got that star was when it came with the games installed on on it for you so i know i know so i played them in that interim, like they have yeah. repurposed some games in there, but still, like it's just like, huh? You couldn't. It's Star Wars. It it literally makes money. <laughs> that, but I just I, I I know that takes time. And you can't rush it. I'm not saying any of that. Yeah. But it's like but, like how come it took it took you to fall in order to give us a story game? Yeah. I mean, you could argue Battlefront Two with Item Versio, which I like that story. But it's the battle. But you don't play Battlefront for that story. You're playing Battlefront for the online shoot 'em up. So Fallen Order, but Fallen Order was not in, they didn't think of Fallen Order until after, clearly well after Rogue One because Saw Gerrera, I haven't gotten to Saw Gerrera yet, but I've seen him in the tra- trailers for yeah, it. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay, as much as it takes time, you have the ability to do it. I, that, that For me, that like, you know, when everybody pounds, you know, pounds on EA, I, I don't really care, but that's the one thing I'm just like, how have you not given more? content like just i just i i can't figure that out you'd figure that they'd be like we have an exclusive contract to make all these star wars games let's do it it's star wars battlefront everybody you know complained about it but everybody bought it everybody owned battlefront at one point so it's going to make money so why not do it and and that so for me just personally that's not that i'm you know not that i really cares but for my one complaint is that they just did not produce enough video games in eight years nine years yeah yeah it's 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 disappointing because it's like a video game is a good place to like oh this is what luke was doing in between this and that or this is what han and leia were up to you know like you could do that Mm -hmm. i think that's pretty acceptable so i don't know maybe we'll see it who knows well that again i think going to what i said earlier one of the problems with doing those kind of stories is if you don't know what their stories are in the movies that you're doing but now i think we're safe to go but anyway that's how i feel about it um you know i think the the, i haven't played squadrons but the three games that i have played i've enjoyed all three of them um uh, fallen order i'm just really bad at so it's my least favorite but uh five five games star wars pinball (laughs) nobody played that (laughs) Is that, that was that out. Disney? I feel like that game's I, just yeah, been around yeah. forever. It's just there's always been. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not that. It's not like a zoom zoom sort of game. It's a legit like pinball game. I know it's on Switch. I don't know if it's on anything else. Yeah, I think like, it's on everything. It's on PlayStation because yeah. I always see. I thought that was that predated Disney, but that's fine. Okay, fine. We'll <laughs> we'll count that one. Anyway, there, there's really the four big games, um, and Squadrons didn't even. Squadron was weird because it was kind of like Squadron is coming out low key. You want to play it? Play it. If you don't, yeah. don't. Like, and it wasn't like Fallen Order was like, you're going to love Fallen Order, Battlefront. You know, this one was like, yeah, you might like it. You might not. Hera. Here's Hera. 
I don't know. Uh, but we got Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is, um, I think, Disney Plus, what it is doing with Star Wars is what George Lucas would have. If George Lucas owned Star Wars in this day and age, he would have had a field day. He was he was already creating that Underworlds TV show, which was going to follow the Underworld of Coruscant and whatnot. Supposedly, there was they, apparently they were high in development on that too. Like it went far, but it was going to cost too much. But now we're in this Disney Plus era. We've had two seasons of The Mandalorian. Marvel is getting their feet wet with their their Wanda visors, and now there's promise of at least ten more TV shows. Yeah, coming. This is the golden age of Star Wars. Arguably, you have. Mm. What would you argue? Let's get get more of it first, but yeah. Okay, but at what point is is it too much? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's it's hard to gauge it till we know if the content's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I was thinking about this the other the other day with uh, the WandaVision show. I'm like, well, they have that, then they're going to that, then they're going to Falcon show, and then they're going to the Loki show, and then they're going to the Hawkeye show. And then I was thinking, if they put like okay, you know, you watch them and you continuously have content to watch, but at some point, like if they start going, WandaVision's on Friday. And Hawkeye's on Tuesday. Like, at what point is it too much? Uh, you know, it's just like the viewer will let you know, right? Yeah. It's sort of like at one point there was seven <laughs> Law and Orders on it on air, <laughs> seventeen CSIs. Like, true story. Like, I've never it, seen a Law and Order or a CSI. Uh, who hurt you? <laughs> CSI is fine, but like Law and Order, man. Never seen Ugh. any of them. Wow. wow. I've never seen an NCI. NCI. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> but anyways, you know what I mean. It's just like True. the film no, and right. TV yeah. industry is all about trends, right? So, I mean, every business is pretty much about trends, right? Like you figure out a formula that can make you money and you continue to do it till it stops making money, right? So. Absolutely, yeah. but with Disney, with <laughs> Star Wars now on Disney Plus, we are getting Mandalorian season three, which begins shooting April fifteenth, I believe, is the reported date. Cassian Andor has rumoredly begun shooting now. I guess it wasn't, but it is now. Um, and the Book of Boba Fett is ending production, or just ended, or it's somewhere around there, and that's coming out. So we have those three shows for sure, and then obviously Obi Wan, I believe, starts shooting in March, which is just a month from now. Yeah. Barely a month because February is very short this year. Uh, so we have those coming. Dave Filoni is working on the Ahsoka scripts. Uh, we have Bad Batch. Uh, who knows? If, like the animated stuff is just like, oh, by the way, more Bad Batch. So who knows yeah, what's yeah. going to happen there? Um, and then there's the Acolyte, obviously. But Book of Boba Fett is John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez. And then you have Ahsoka is Favreau, but it's show run by Filoni. Rangers on New Republic is, I think, show run by Favreau and co-produced by Filoni. Um, the, we've talked about this a few times, but it, it excites me the continuity that these three series can have yep. with each other. But not only the continuity that they can have with each other, but the one thing Filoni did with The Mandalorian... Um, and Rebels, 
And the one thing that excites me the most about everything on Disney Plus, and I think is the thing that George Lucas probably would have reveled in the most as well, is the continuity with the characters within these shows. It doesn't matter if the show is live action or animated. A character in Star Wars is a character in Star Wars, and that's how they are being treated now. Ahsoka proved that. Saw Guerrero to a smaller scale, I think, proved that. But if you're a Star Wars character, you exist, and they're going to have no problems bringing those in. And I said George Lucas because... You know, it might be fan service, but look what he did with the prequels. He brought in Boba Fett, right, with Jango Fett. He brought in all these little elements that we knew from Star Wars. Um, it didn't matter how, and then it made them a thing. And that that really excites me is the possibilities of who is going to appear in these shows and why. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the fun part of it. It's I mean, the same in Marvel where it's just like, oh, who's that? What does that mean? It's like, mm-hmm. what's that? Oh, oh, the connections like that's a person from you know, that one, that one little scene in <laughs> Phantom Menace where they're like, let's get some froyos, like hey, it's the <laughs> froyo guy, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, I, <laughs> I mean, if not to change the subject, but it's like when you watch WandaVision, it's like you can't, you can't. God, you kind of can't enjoy that show right now unless you know who these characters are because it it focuses a lot on like it's not under it's not like it's like oh my god i don't understand like this is the tenet of the marvel movies it's, it's pretty easy to follow but like it's expecting the viewer to know a little bit about what's going on um so like that is fun and like i think that is a huge deal right now in at least the fantasy action sort of whatever like look at like the fast the fast series like fast and furious i was like (laughs) they're creating this whole universe right so it's like they understand that people like when they're obsessed with something they just want more and more content so it's like yes please and like this connects with this and da 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 so it's great that was something I was talking to to Aaron about is i thought you know when they first started making seven eight nine they were and the the spinoffs they were Star Wars was taking the Marvel approach to it. Yeah. And I think the, the the stumbling block that they came across was that Star Wars isn't Marvel. Star Wars is closer to, we've said this before, closer to Lord of the Rings than it is to the MCU. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with Disney Plus that is giving it the chance is it's giving them the the possibility, the opportunity to be more like the MCU and the way that they operate. And and you and that that's important because that's what keeps you relevant in people's minds as well, right? Like what you said, like Aaron doesn't quite enjoy WandaVision because she doesn't know who the characters are and she doesn't really care. <laughs> so she doesn't. But the thing is, she's watching The Mandalorian. So you, they're basically starting The Mandalorian. They're saying, here's The Mandalorian. We know you've seen the original movies. Maybe you've seen the prequels, whatever. The sequels don't matter because they come after anyway so you we can lead you there and if you lead somebody while you're leading you can do whatever you want so they're basically they basically started from scratch with the his with using the original trilogy as the history of the show like this happened in the past so using that so if you don't know who likes luke skywalker is you're a little bit lost but it doesn't take away from too much because it's still a jedi coming and i think and and that's that's not a knock on WandaVision, I think, but it, they're different points is what I'm saying. Is The MCU started in 2008, building Star Wars is starting in now. That's what I'm saying. They're starting in now. Because yeah. even you're reading The High Republic. The High Republic 
can even to a certain degree intersect with the Disney Plus. Well, it is with the Acolyte. But it could it could intersect in a way now because they've started this from they've started from scratch with their connective tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh man, it's just it's it is wild because this is like this is a new era of Star Wars, right? For the last five years for sure. Like, uh, and it's almost like a new chapter for the Disney era of of Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like what it was like five years ago totally feels now different now, which is like, that's just, that's just time passing. That, that, yeah. that happens all the time. We don't even look the same like we did five years ago. So here we are. No, I think like we did, uh, we've, we've referenced this a few weeks ago, but we did the star Wars Renaissance after the last Jedi. Cause we're like, last Jedi is going to change everything. And it, and, uh, it didn't because of what came after. <laughs> obviously yeah um but now the, the I, I and i i think that these shows that are coming are going to be are really going to enhance the sequel trilogy in years to come i think you know the kids that watch the sequel trilogy as kids now are always going to like it because they'll like it the reason why we like the original trilogy and why kids who watch the prequel trilogy like the prequel trilogy that's what you grow up on that's what you like but I think in terms of story and and as a as a universe, as a Star Wars universe, what we're getting now is just going to enhance those movies and it's going to give us a new appreciation for the sequel trilogy in years from now. Because we'll be like, because there's going to be little details in there that didn't mean anything when Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams put it in there. But but some filmmaker, I don't know who, but someone's going to be like, you know what I really like that one, like a Vulpex fox thing might <laughs> like it could like something could happen and and I, and I think for the longevity of star wars it's important for the clone wars did it with the prequels we talked about this before the clone wars did this for the prequels now they have an opportunity on disney plus to do it in live action for more more eyes to see to understand and i thought rogue one when they mentioned kyber crystals in rogue one i thought that was going to tie into the last jedi we're going to see a kyber crystal in the last jedi we have yet to see a kyber crystal in any form other than animation or in around Jyn Erso's neck. Like we, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost useless information in Rogue One. And I love Rogue One, but there's no point to mentioning that at all. Because your parents don't know what a kyber crystal is. I mean, maybe they do. Yeah. But, but it's not explained. It's yeah. never in the movies. And, 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 and I think when you have these plans, you've got to make them work. And I think now they're in that chance to do it. And so little aspects of the sequel trilogy that might've been nothing are soon going to be developed. Like we saw Snoke already, possibly things like that are going to come and we're going to all have a new appreciation on, on all of star Wars, uh, in five years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in five years, we might have a couple more movies. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Which again, the question is what, what the hell is Rogue Squadron? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, like, we'll know the results of the grand experiment that is Disney Plus by that point. We'll be like, do we hate it yet? Or are we like, you know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. God, there's so many, like, you know, so many possibilities coming up. Uh, there is a rumor that I want to talk to you about. And this, I don't know if it's uh, confirmed or not because I don't go down those rabbit holes anymore after. F- 200 episodes i i just leaks i'm just tired of leaks but um there's a rumor that alden ehrenreich will be 
that will be coming back as Han Solo in some aspect on Disney Plus. And uh, we have, I think, I never told the audience to deal with that, so I want to stay away from it. Yeah. So uh, he he could be coming up, but, but you brought up, and we'll stay away from the Tell Me Odds question. But you brought up the Bad Batch and and Han Solo are both in that same new era of the yeah. Star Wars. By the way, one thing I I meant to say this last week, but when you brought up when you showed me that new timeline, do you know what the first thing I thought was? What? Thank goodness, because I'm so sick of of uh, after the battle of Yavin or Aby. Because who like like what? That's not even like a thing. It's not even a th- that's just something that we made. Yeah. Like it's not a thing. This is actually a thing. That's what excites me. Is this is like this is actually what they would probably say in the in the galaxy. This is more accurate to me. This makes a lot more sense. So I was yeah. very happy about that. If you love the battle of Yavin timeline stuff, I'm not knocking you, but uh, I love this one quite 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 a bit uh but but han solo and the bad batch are in the same timeline nothing has been announced uh in there but do you think we'll see more alden ehrenreich as solo on disney plus oh i think so it'd be it'd be silly not to because he's still a young guy uh he's a really good actor like i watched most of uh Brave New World, the miniseries, I just completely forgot to keep up with it, but it, it was, was canceled. He's a good actor. Yeah, oh yeah, I know it was canceled, but like <laughs> it's like What was it on? Here. Uh Showcase. Okay. Because it was on Peacock. I think it was Peacock, yeah. Yeah, no. well it was, was one it of their, like, it was something like that. I think so. I think that was one of their big starting shows. But uh he's a good actor. He <laughs> like he just spent however long on Brave New World, so like that's a sci-fi thing, and it doesn't, it doesn't even, it's not even super sci-fi. Like Star Wars is like, like you can put them in something with effects and stuff. Uh, I think it'd be silly to not. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, I don't know where Bad Batch lands. I guess it's early in the right, like the Empire, the time rise of the Empire. So like perhaps he's not really of age yet, but it would be cool to throw him in there somehow. But yeah, like. It, animation yeah for sure let's put him in there uh could we put him in a book of boba fett episode i'm not sure because we don't know exactly what time period that's going to cover right is there going to be oh, flashback? Gonna, I, I think it's going to it's maybe but fennec shan yeah. seems like she's going to be a prominent fixture in that show so i would say it's he's harrison ford at that point yeah yeah but at the same time Harrison Ford is is how old is he? Seventy, eighty? Yeah. Like he's not Harrison Ford in that time anymore. And so I don't know. At what point do you yeah. just say, ah, screw it? <laughs> I mean, really, would it would really be a slap in the face if they CG'd Harrison Ford on Aaron Irex's face? <laughs> like like they just did it with Luke, and that was just a random actor. I understand it's not the actual actor, so it's not really like, but whatever. Like, who cares? Like keep his voice the way it is or whatever like there's no reason not to do it i know that's not how film works they're like well they have to their face has to be on there otherwise why are they doing it but who cares like i think you know what i think there's a lot of actors that are not above that so whatevs i don't know i know who was i reading that did that i think it was alan rickman was big on like even when he's not in the scene or like it's not his camera angle like he doesn't have to be on set; they can put in a stand-in. But like he would do that just so actors can bounce their lines yeah. off him, the actual actress actor. Even if he didn't have to say anything, 
Um, so there are. There I feel are like that's his that like, stage. His stage uh, background. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. You know what? What's curious about Star Wars, though, is is you know Sebastian Stan could play Luke Skywalker, but now yeah. it's like they've so committed to Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's Leia. It's weird. It's almost going to be like it'll be weird if they stray away now. Do you know what I mean? Like they're like, no, no, it's got to yeah. be Mark Hamill's young face on as Luke Skywalker. It can't be a different actor. Which yeah. I appreciate to an extent, and it's great for Mark Hamill again to play the character again. Yeah, but like, it's it's almost it's it's weird. It's just it's it's yeah. no, it's it's they're they're almost cornering themselves now, where they can't recast these actors. Even <laughs> though, even though you know, you could be like, well, no, Star Wars shouldn't recast. We've had two Anakin's, well, three I guess, two and a half Anakin Skywalkers, yeah. two Obi Wan Kenobi's. A CG and a puppet Yoda. Yeah. Sometimes in the same movie. So it, you know, it's, it's, they've, I think they've cornered themselves a little bit with doing it as much as I appreciate it. And like I said, it's great for Mark Hamill yeah. to come in and be able to play Luke Skywalker again yeah. somewhat. It is, they've painted themselves in a bit of a corner. Yeah, but it's just like, come on, let's just drop it. Like, do you want to know more about the characters or do you just want to give the same actor work? We live in a world where it's like people complain about it and then they get their way, a.k.a. Sonic the Hedgehog. But then, like, we have a show like The Crown where they recast the characters every, like, two seasons. Oh, really? And that show's huge. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, like, different time periods, so they age or whatever. But, like, that was intentional. And people... I think originally when, like, I think Claire Foy was Queen Elizabeth in the first two seasons and then got recast, and people were like, oh, it's like, but it's like, no, no, this wasn't, that was their plan all along. So it's just like, well, there's no reason why multiple people can't play the same actor. But, like, we have such an allegiance, which I can appreciate. Like, at some point, they're going to recast Wolverine. Like, you can't just, like, oh, Hugh Jackman is not Wolverine anymore because we literally killed his version of Wolverine. Like, what does it matter? Like, the, like if you watch any of the uh, Justice League, uh, that animated universe, it's like they changed the voice, which is you think would be like, oh, why can't you just have, uh, what's his name? Conroy, Kevin Conroy Kevin voice. Batman forever. Like, he doesn't have to do anything besides have that voice. But they recast it, and people are happy with it. So it's like, whatever. Let's move on. Like, or or we just make up new characters and go that way, right? And I think that's what's exciting about High Republic because it's like now there's no rules. <laughs> yeah, I, as long as and, and this is separate from High Republic. As long as you have interesting new characters, uh, you can get away with that. I think Mandalorian really, really accomplished that. Um, with season one specifically, season two obviously they bring in Bo Katan, yep, um, and Luke Skywalker and and Ahsoka, obviously. And so I, and it's I, funny that you bring up Bo Katan because I just read an article where Katie Sackhoff thought she was, she was, that, good, was yeah. that character was going to recast and not be her. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, actually, Eckstein voices Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson plays Ahsoka. Yep. And yeah. people were complaining about that. And it's like, and we said this on the podcast many moons ago. But you know what? It goes both ways, right? Like Hayden Christensen plays Anakin Skywalker, but Matt Lanter does the voice of it. It's just yeah. James Arnold Taylor's Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Ewan McGregor's a Obi-Wan Kenobi. It goes both ways. Um, yeah, that's just exactly. That's just how it works, and you got to roll with the punches sometimes. And and it's it, like it's great for continuity that Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher's uh, Leia. But at some point, you know, it, yeah. like if you want to tell that story, are you going to have to change it or you have to get somebody else to voice them? I don't know. Um, and I don't know if we need – and honestly, I, I loved Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian, but not like some people on the internet were like, oh, my God, Luke, and all that and crying. And then and some yeah. people hated him because they're so different from The Last Jedi. Like, oh yeah. my god, like the two extremes just need to stop and chill. Yeah. It's a character in a show. I, I really <laughs> liked it though because it made sense because he's the only freaking Jedi we know about out there, yeah. And uh, and it was you know, it was a great little callback, and, and it was fun to see um, him take out those the the uh, the dark troopers. It was it was a fun moment, and it was a very Star Wars moment. But yeah. again, like I've said this with Yoda, <laughs> right? If I don't see Luke Skywalker anymore. I'm okay because yeah. he's had his time. His story yeah. is complete. He's dead. <laughs> I, although I will say like now he's just like what haunting Octo for like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how force goes works. So, uh, but I'm fine with Luke. If his story is done, he, they never have to go back to Luke. I'm okay with that. If you want to give me Lando and Luke hunting down Jedi relic or Sith relic, yeah. I'm down with that too. But but again, if I'm 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 very okay with no more Luke, with no more Yoda. I am, however, very much wanting more Han Solo because of the solo film, which I very much enjoy. But even more than Han Solo, I want to see Kira and I want to see Maul. Yeah. I want to know yeah. what is up with those two. Absolutely, like you can't. That that's so interesting. Let's learn more, right? So, and it's like, have they dropped the ball on that? I don't know about that. It's just sort of. Do you, do you think Lucasfilm slash Disney, whoever's making the call on this, is just like, no, that movie lost too much money. Let's just, like, we don't want to touch that. I mean, I mean, I I think that's definitely occurring. Like, it's just sort of, it's a business. They have to yes. continue to make the same money every time, right? They can't be like, because, like, the success of one film affects what they can do on the next film right yes. which is insane when you think about it but that is how the film industry works like we made this much with this type of movie if we made a similar movie with maybe a different storyline different characters but ideally the way it's created is the exact same way then it will cost this much so it's like yeah you look at like batman returns the toys didn't sell so they were like, Joel yeah. Schumacher, you've got to make a kid-friendly movie. We need to sell yeah. toys. And yeah. apparently there's a darker Joel Schumacher cut. Side Akbar, I love Batman Forever, and I'm excited for a darker cut. But but, that, <laughs> but that's what you're saying, though, is that's exactly yeah. how it works. You've, they've got to make money. But they are investing millions and billions of dollars in these yeah. movies. And if you go to see it, and I like it, and you like it, but everybody else hates it, we're not going to yeah. get what we want after that. It's going to go a different way. Yeah. Like the evolution of the Star Wars fan takes time, but like it doesn't matter if you like this movie now and hate it later or hate it now and love it later. Cause like they just need you to 
to to buy that ticket, right? So yes, and look, all so, three, yeah. all four out of the five movies made over a billion dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure those four movies, after a billion dollars, all made more than Solo. Yeah, like if yeah. you take away the billion and just whatever it was, I think that like even that made more than Solo did, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Like Solo was great. I think a few things happened with Solo. May release date killed it. I think the Last Jedi response hurt it a little bit, uh, but May like coming out in May right away definitely hurt it. And Disney shot themselves in the foot. It Solo didn't do very well, and Mary Poppins didn't do well in December. If those two swapped, mm-hmm. maybe you have different you know, different outcomes for yeah, both of them. Um, and I, I, I think recasting solo in a motion picture kind of turns some people off. I do think, I do think that a little bit. Um, but I thought as a movie, I think it's a great movie. And I thought, uh, Tobias Beckett, Woody Harrelson was, I thought he was fantastic in that movie. Um, I don't need any more of him though. He's dead. I mean, I would watch more, but I don't need any more. He's dead and gone. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I, you know, John Favreau, that was him coming back into the Star Wars world. And probably that's when he got his feet really wet with Mandalorian. Like really like, Hey, I'm doing this voice. Uh, give me the show. Um, Makira and Maul unexpectedly the winners of that, of that movie for sure. And then, you know, the promise at the end, but again, movie bombs. But but yeah, I think I think though the May the May the Last Jedi to May release date to switching of Harrison Ford to Alden Ehrenreich, um, all those things definitely I think worked against it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just I don't know. It's like unfortunately they're not even failures. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. they still made all this money. So it's just like talking about like. The, the bomb, the box office bomb, or just like you still make yeah. tons of money. So it's like it's such a but weird... it didn't make it didn't make the billion. But but sorry, the the one yeah. thing too is is and and this really this really annoys me. This is up there with leaks now that annoys me is when they fire the directors. Yeah, and which sucks. Whatever, maybe it sucked. I don't know. I haven't seen their footage. But the fact that we all knew it, right? It's like do we don't yeah. need to know yeah. that. We don't need to know yeah. that they CG'd out. Uh, Cavill's mustache. We don't need to know that stuff, mm-hmm. but we know it. And when you know that stuff, you go into a movie. You read reviews yeah. all the time, and the reviews are always like, "Well, I heard that there was a day when uh, this actor ate yeah, a celery yeah. stick and got an allergic reaction." And I could really tell in the scene. It's like, no, you're yeah. bringing in the baggage, and that I don't like. Yeah. But that also, I think, affected it greatly as well. You have Ron yeah. Howard, sure, but you know, it's just all the drama. It really, really hurts it. I think. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. You know, it's uh, it's frustrating because it's like I think for a lot of fans, it's like this is my world. So it's like, but your world can change at the drop of a hat because it's like uh-huh. Darth Maul at the end of Solo only comes because Ron Howard takes over. Yeah, like, and he called his son, that- and the son was like Maul. <laughs> exactly. So like, if though if Lord and Miller didn't get fired then that wouldn't have happened. Or, I mean, maybe the movie would have been better. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, it's just sort of like... and the, Or, like, the College of Varro script for the for what would become Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Like, we had a story where it's like, he told uh, Daisy Ridley what would happen to Rey in that movie, and she was moved. And now it's like, 
they did a whole they probably did a whole entirely different story so it's like well you can read it i think online the script yeah probably well what, what, it doesn't matter it doesn't exist it's fan so fiction it's like, okay so and like I, it's not even that surprising anymore. Like someone made Daisy Ridley cry. Like she just apparently is just so she's one of those people that just likes to talk about how emotionally connected yeah. she is to her project, which is great, I guess. But just like, hey, look, you cool. like, <laughs> but look, she played Ray for three movies and those Forces yeah. of Destiny cards. Like she was invested in Ray and she loved mm-hmm. Ray and made and that that character made her a star, sure. a global star, a movie star. Um, and she, look, she loves the rise of Skywalker. She loves the way it played out in that too. She thinks that it's great. So, you know, she's invested. And I think people knocking the decision. One thing that that drives me nuts with Star Wars fans is, is Ryan Johnson comes in and he changes things from the force awakens. And some people are like, "Ah, and other people are like, Oh my God, he changed it. He's the greatest. And then the rise of Skywalker comes out and JJ was like, well, I'm going to change what Ryan Johnson did. And people are like, how yeah. could you do that? Yeah. It's like, okay. And I'm not saying you have to like them both. You can prefer one over the other. That's fine. But you can't praise someone for doing something and then and then ripping somebody for doing the exact same because you didn't like, because they redid something that you like. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can prefer one to the other. Yeah, but you can't rip somebody for doing something, and I think that's happening a lot. Is people have taken account, people like take accountability, like they own Star Wars now. It's weird how yeah. the people are like, yeah. I, I own Star Wars, it's mine. It's like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. Mine. It's not yours. And whatever the hell yeah. they decide to make, that's Star Wars. You you can't say anything. You could write something if you like. Everybody's free to write fan fiction. Some of them are great. Some of them are better than some of the stuff that I've seen. But it it is what it yeah. is, and and you can't. Uh, that really drives me nuts, though, is when like some when one gets praised for one thing and then one gets disintegrated, and you're like, "Wow!" Yeah. But just because you prefer, like, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, we're rambling. Do you want to go? Do you want to do a quiz with Andrew Fantasia? No, me neither. <laughs> Screw Andrew. <laughs> we're gonna cut it. over. All right, and we're gonna go over to Andrew, who's gonna try to name. He's got sixty seconds to do something. Let's go over to Andrew right now. Well, it wouldn't be the 200th episode if we didn't have our nemesis on board. Uh, Andrew Fantasia, still haven't gotten rid of you. We've tried. We have tried. I hit you with a car one time. (laughs) You did a flip in the air and then landed to go, Kyo! (laughs) And then ran into the woods. I was like, all right. That's a Thursday for me. I can't even be mad. That was cool. <laughs> we're act- we're all very mad at Andrew because he was at Star Wars Celebration Chicago when we were not. And he was in the Phantom Menace panel, which, of course, is the only good Star Wars movie to ever be released. Is the <laughs> Phantom yeah. Menace. Uh, Brock, but we're doing this because we do hate Andrew and we want to put him in his place, yeah. right? Yeah, we like to watch him squirm and fail. Yeah. How many Star Wars books do you think, I'm going to ask for both of you, do you think they've written, like in total, Legends, all that? Um, Legends included, I'm going to guess 312. 312? I think more. Andrew, I'm pretty sure they made 312 in the 80s that were just pop-up books. (laughs) (laughs) 
like every possible piece of literature that says Star Wars on it. And well, not just, like, it has to be a fiction. story. It has to be a story. Like, not coloring I was books. almost. I was almost going to say, I think you could fill a small, small bookstore if you were to like, here's yes. the fiction, here's how they made the movie stuff, here's a Wookiee cookbook, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, they slap Star Wars on anything. Not right? cooking books, like story stories, like comics. Uh, I'm still gonna, no, not uh, comics. I want to go comics. Books. I'm still yeah, going to so go I think I think there's like at least 500 books if we're including past and present. You know what I mean? Like, how many books do you think have come out since the Disney purchase? At least 100, at least. Or See, that's tricky, because there's all those little young reader ones that are not on my radar. Mm. And I know of, like, I could name, like, 40 books that are not young readers' books. So maybe double that. It's maybe 80 books since everything. I just think, like... When you think about like the the visual dictionaries and like the art of the films, that's at least ten books, right? Oh so, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't count to this challenge. So James, the challenge is he has to say sixty books in sixty seconds. Sixty Six, Star Wars books. Sixty Star Wars books in sixty seconds. So he can't say the Da Vinci Code or any of those. <laughs> but he so it has to be Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. Books. I, I think we should say novels, but whatever. If he says a comic, yeah. we might let it slide because it's sixty and sixty seconds. He's yeah. done this two other times for us in the past. I believe they were both milestone episodes, but I can't remember. You did, and you failed both of them, I believe. Or did you count? Did you get? I can't remember. But it's always oh, no, fun. There's no such thing as not a failure. <laughs> so I just looked it up, and there is now I lost it. But there was, I believe, a hundred and fifty-five. 155 Legends novels plus six short story collections. That's from Legends. Um, yeah, that's what I got there. So that doesn't include the new stuff at all. Um, and then there's this list on, I think it's Wikipedia, and they break it down by year. And I guess I we could go through and do the counting on it. Um, but I'm not going to, cause there, cause like by the mid nineties, it gets a little insane and there's just a lot, um, of books, but yeah, so that, that's a rat. So we'll see, but Andrew, 60 books in 60 seconds. Brock, do you think he can do this? Uh, maybe I think definitely, <laughs> I don't think we need full title. Like you don't need to be like star Wars. Yes. Colon. <laughs> Truce of Bakura. I was planning on saying every colon. <laughs> and if if it's like yeah if it's the x-wing rogue squad like those kind of books that have our series just say the names yeah, but you yeah. can't say the thrawn trilogy that doesn't count as three books <laughs> you have to say them individually yeah in their actual titles. yeah um, because That's they're because they're, they're... if you know all three which like you know what i mean like it's yeah. sort of like when you do like you're like, oh, you have to name this actor's movies. He's like, you get if you have an actor that's in a franchise, you do those first. It's like Shrek, Shrek two, yeah. Shrek three, yeah, you know, yeah. three or after. Stop whatever, giving four. him advantages. Not, this is not the Shrek <laughs> talk. Like it's fine. You know what I mean? And, but what is uh? I can't remember what we said. Is it any Star Wars books or yeah. just the one current? Current. Okay, great. I'd say okay. any because it's sixty seconds. It's not that much time ultimately, and. I mean, sixty new canon books would be difficult. Even if there are sixty, there would be that's difficult still. Oh, 
I hope I hope that you have some like devious plan to make you made up a couple titles that like <laughs> sound like Star Wars titles because we you know we're not gonna look them up. Uh, no, no, but I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. There's a few of our patrons that are gonna be like, oh, ah, for ah, sure. ah, 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 that's, ah, that's nope, nope. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I just took Hallmark movie titles and added. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How great sure. would it be if Disney Plus was like, and here's our Star Wars Hallmark movies, and it's just love stories with Anakin oh. and Padme at Christmas, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Lazy Chappelle is new. Yeah, it's all Lacey Chappelle and Alicia Witt. I mean. The cat, like K- Kentucky Fried Chicken's lifestyle, like the the story of uh, Colonel Clink. No, not the sign. Uh, Colonel Sanders. Like, if they're gonna make, if they made that movie, anything is possible. And I that's think true. that's genius. Let's do it. Call me up, Kathy K. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she just got fired. <laughs> she by the end of the yeah. show, she'll be fired three times from from Lucasfilm <laughs> at least. But um, anyway, okay, you got you ready to do this? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, so you're not. All right, Brock, on my count, yeah. you're yeah. Gra- Brock's going to take score. I'm going to keep time. Andrew is going to do his best to not look like a fool. I honestly hope it starts off with <clears throat> a new... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just waste all your time on that one. All right, I'll count you down from five. Is that fair? That's fair. Here we go. And five, four... Three, two, one. Darth Vader gets Shatterpoint for Red Star One, Red Star Two. A new old Empire Strikes Back for the Jedi, and a menace attack of the clones, Revenge of the Sith. The uh, canon novels of all five Disney era movies—they are all existing. Uh, let's see: Thrawn, Thrawn Treason, Thrawn Alliances, Thrawn Ascendancy, Thrawn Ascendancy Two, Alphabet Squadron, Alphabet Squadron, Shadowfall, Alphabet Squadron Three. Aftermath, Aftermath, Empire's End, Aftermath, uh, the middle one. Uh, <laughs> Black Spire. Uh, Canto Blade, Queen's Peril, Queen's Gambit, Lost Stars, Into the Dark, The Light of the Jedi, uh, Test of Courage, True Set McMurdo, The Courtship of Princess Leia, uh, The uh, Heir to the Empire, Heir to the Empire 2, Dark Horse Rising, Heir to the Empire 3, Lost Command, uh, The Han Solo at Star's End, Lionel Kill, 15 seconds. Something in the something. Uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales from the Most Sassy Kids, Tales Ten. from the Novice Palace, from Certain Point of View, from Certain Point of View, to the Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, what else we got? What else we got? What am Five. I missing? I'm missing Play. Princess of Alderaan. I'm also missing uh, the uh, Catalyst from One Turkin. Done! What's that one with the blood fast? No, Bloodline. We'll give him Bloodline. We'll give him Bloodline. We'll give him Bloodline because we're nice and we hate it. I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard to hear half of what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, anytime he opened his mouth, just uh, counted, I guess. He got 97. It, was, it sounded like a lot. Yeah. I think Brock, Brock got the short end of the stick on, on his job during that, I think. I think mine was the easiest, then Andrew's, then Brock's. <laughs> You're hearing what I heard. <laughs> so it is Brock is tallying the How do you think you did, Andrew? Uh, I think I got. 47. 47. You see, this is the one thing that concerns me is is uh, the last... We've done this three times where we've done the... Twas the night before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And and this year, you like a couple years, you've read it out of a book and you pretend. This year, you read it off your screen, but you tried to make it look like you memorized it. So I, I was watching you and seeing... I'm looking also the reflection of your glasses if there's any words, if you're scrolling. Because I know you're you're a known cheater. You're like the Lando Calrissian of uh, 
Sabak. Is it Sabak? Sabak, yeah. yeah. Brock, did you get those votes? Okay. So we will go back and hopefully listen to yes. this record later and double check. And anybody listening, call us out if we get this number wrong. I, from the little ticks I put down here, I have 44. Ooh. That's not bad. That's 16 That's shy. Not bad. Kind so, of a failure, but whatever. I mean, you said 47. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, 43 I mean... more than Rob McDonald's Ouch. <laughs> Shots fired. And Rob, Rob's going to be joining you later on for a special vote of no confidence. It's not that special, but a vote of no confidence where you both argue. Uh, we made it very special. Okay? Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's very, you actually, you are more audible in that than you are here, which is nice. <laughs> It's really nice. So 44, Brock, we're going to review that tape by the end of this episode. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back and, sure. and we'll figure <laughs> we'll figure that out. Andrew, do you, do you want to do a, do you want to do this again another time with maybe like 60 uh, Kyber crystal colors in 60 seconds? Oh, yeah. yeah I, there's already a flaw in our game because it's like, can is there 60 titles that are short enough that you can say in a second, right? Because it's like Thrawn Ascendancy. That's not a second, is it? You know no, that's I mean? gonna be like. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't matter. We just did this for fun with Andrew to, to make him have to yell things into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do it. Wow. Oh, but before Andrew leaves, um, I, you guys got to know this: that uh, I restarted, not restarted, but I continued playing Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> And what happened was I was I was at the planet uh, where there's a temple mm-hmm. very early on and I couldn't figure it out. So I called Aaron in and she figured it out. And now I'm on my way to Dathomir a year and a half and I'm on my way to, I think, the third level. <laughs> I'm so bad. I have fallen. I know why it's called Fallen Order because I fall off cliffs every five minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm like falling down. But just wanted to tell you guys that while you're both on the line that uh, I'm a gamer. Did you record yourself with like Aaron taking the controller yeah. here? <laughs> well, <laughs> they, no, but she. So I see the title. Like you go there. I'm like, yeah, I gotta go there. So I just start running towards her, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's set to go there." She goes, "No, you have to do all these other things." I'm like, "What are you talking about? The goal is to get there." She goes, "So she does all these, and doing the little things is what gets you there." And I'm like, "Well, what the hell? Don't tell me to get there if you want me to do this other stuff." So then on the way back, I'm like, "We just got to go back." And she goes, "No, you have to do the other stuff." And I'm like, "This." Game game is <laughs> killing me so uh so she does like those little side quests and then i i lightsaber chop like weird space slugs and that's our trade-off we trade controllers <laughs> i do the action she does like the the, the searching do you uh do the running parkour stuff or is that Aaron's okay uh, we're both pretty bad at it i'm slightly better that was fun though i was like ooh, it took me about 15 minutes to pass that trial I and I'm oh I'm playing on story mode also you should or easy mode I can't remember I'm playing on like one of them was too hard so I switched it to easier. See, I think you're doing the right thing because by the time you beat it we'll have Jedi Fallen Order probably three at that point so <laughs> that, that open world game people will have beaten the open world game that's probably unbeatable by the time I get to the end of fall but we we made it a mission we're going to play that and we're going to finish it now. Um, Cause now, like, there's actually like a story now, like that. I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in it, but it's just, it's, I'm just bad. I'm just not. I'm just like, oh my god. 
I just want to run through things like Mario Brother level, you know, like just bubble. Where's the blocks? I'm trying to hit blocks. There's play, no blocks. Play it on your game and watch it. Might make it easier. <laughs> I would play that for hours on that thing. All right, Brock, do you want anything else you want to say to him before we kick him out of this show? Uh, no, I, I can't believe I'm saying I'm looking forward to Andrew and I are going to have a High Republic round table where we sit at a table that is round and talk about high republic <laughs> the new book is on its way andrew already has it somehow i do yeah it came today i don't know Audio how gray out of the out of the shadows or into the shadows or into the dark into the dark out of the shadows is like ninja turtles or <laughs> yes. the spider-man broadway show but the reason why you, you guys are going to do a, the your roundtable discussion on all of the content available thus yeah. far because brock you just i had no idea you told me this the other day there's no new the comics are coming i guess but there's no new novels yeah. until june yeah yeah so after this i one. think the kevin scott is the next one or it's either in june or july there is a book in june i can't remember which one i'm curious why there's that gap I wonder yeah if, exactly yeah like i mean after they just had, they, they postponed it like a year yeah. <laughs> and now I, know, a gap. Yeah. I think it's just breathing room yeah right. maybe yeah maybe sure yeah but maybe something happens at the end. You guys will have to let us know, and we'll keep our eyes out for that round yeah. table. All right, Andrew, we'll see you later on the show with your nemesis, Darth Ward. All right, sounds good. All right, Brock, you ready for the odds? Let's do it. Never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. Brought to you by our patreon support if you would like to support our podcast and why wouldn't you we're pretty great uh go over to patreon.com slash podcast and you can join the wonderful group of people that support us and bring you every day every week never tell me the odds and they are heidi fetter executive producing <laughs> executive <laughs> producer harry profi dennis allen mary kristen aton Jeff Wilson, Phil Staniforth, Sooner Thrawn, Scott Dean, Josh Price, Matt W. Rez, Frank Perkins, Neil Lowry, D. Raven Spencer, Cosmic Girl, Zero Two, Gleek Play One, Automated Joy, Disney, Desi, Charlotte, Kayla Davis, Aaron Quinton, Jericho Kane, Den of Nerds, and the Girls with Sabres. R.I.P. Green Bay Packers. Ooh. R.I.P. what? Green Bay Packers. I'm going to keep just uh. saying that until they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Which... <laughs> uh, anyway, Andrew, terrible at guessing guessing stuff. The absolute worst. I, like, imagine if he had a microphone. <laughs> uh, first off, thank you, Patreon, for all of your support. Also, it means a great deal to us. Uh, will Han Solo appear in the Bad Batch? Could Han Solo at some point? I know it takes place before his time, but we don't know how long after Order 66 and whatnot that the Bad Batch will go. So could Han Solo potentially arrive in the Bad Batch? I'm going to go full Brock on this. Uh, it's 50-50 because I have no idea what the Bad Batch is going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 41%. Um, you know, because on one hand, why not? But on the other hand, it seems a little too early for Solo. And you went full Brock, so I can't. All right. That's how we roll here. I don't know. It would be nice. cool, I guess. I don't really know. Like, because yeah. I don't know the time zone. 
Um, all right. Will Liam Neeson be on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? He says he hasn't heard anything yet. Uh, he, I think he was on Kimmel and he showed his Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber and he has the, he had the greatest time and he has nothing but nice things to say about the Phantom Menace. Uh, will he be in Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm going to go yes, 80%. Because, <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm going to go 71. I'm hoping... I don't like flashbacks, but I'm kind of down for like this flashback with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Or Qui-Gon obviously teaching him about how to become a Force Ghost at some point. I, that's not yeah, really yeah. exciting. If you think about it, it's kind of boring, but I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm yeah, like yeah. all in on that. I'd be down for it. I mean, you know... <clears throat> Venom Menace is my favorite. I love I love Qui Gon Jim and Qui Gon Jim, Earthworm Jim, Qui Gon Jim and Obi Wan Kenobi are, are two of my favorites, uh, and I would love to see more of them. I, but I'm super excited for Hayden Christensen coming back as Vader. I'm hoping we get to see him as Anakin as well. Yeah. Uh, and our final odd today, our final odd for the two hundredth time. Hundred. Never tell me the odds. Uh, Alan Tudyk came out and he said that he's not playing K2SO in in this uh, Casting Andor show. He was on stage with mm. Kathleen Kennedy and Diego Luna, and he was supposed to be there, but now he's saying no. He will arrive at some point. He's just not in this first season that that Terry Gilliam has uh, created. So, uh-huh. Brock, my odd for you is: Will Adam, Alan Tudyk appear as a various as various other K2 droids in season one of Andor? And not as K2SO. Will he play other variants of that model droid instead of K2SO? That'd be cool. Or at the very least, he's like, yeah, I'm the stand-in. <laughs> I, I deliver all the the lines and what have you. And then like, yeah. they just put out my voice into something else. Which would uh, make sense. That'd be sweet. Uh, but with him not being K2SO until possibly like season two or whatever... Uh, it's hard to. It's like that would be sweet, but I can't see him just being other characters. I I don't know. It'd be I I Alan Tudyk. I he's one of those guys that just loves to be in everything. So, um, I'm gonna go seventy five percent. He did the voice of the chicken in Moana. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, he probably made five grand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh what was I gonna say? It's like with three PO, it's like as much as their other protocol droids, there's never really a similarity in voices, it seems, right? They always yeah. seem to have their own individual yeah. Yeah. sound. But I don't think we heard another K two droid. We saw another K two droid, but I yeah. don't believe we heard one. So I'm gonna go sixty seven percent. I would love to see it. Um, yeah. It's weird that all of a sudden he's like, no, I'm not in it. Like, is it going to be a surprise? Like, are we going to, is he lying to us? Like everyone else lied to us? Like, um, <laughs> Sasha Banks said she's only in the one episode and then came back at the end. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. Uh, you never, you never know. Um, but anyway, that is our 200th edition of the Never Time of the Odds. Let us wow. th- know what you guys think your odds are in the comments below in the live chat or emails, rebelscumbags at gmail.com. Whatever you want to do. Brock, you got the news? You got it. Let's move do it up. This thing. 
Hollow News. Da 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 da. Hollow Hollow News. My microphone is off. I hit that note. I hit that note. Hollow News. The news you need to know right now. Last week was Force Friday. Friday. Uh. And no matter what era of Star Wars you love most, Hasbro has you covered. That was made clear in last week's Hasbro Pulse Fan First Friday, in which the action figure and toy masters revealed special products celebrating Lucas's 50th anniversary, Lucasfilm's 50th anniversary, and much more. Plus, Hasbro has also let fans know even know more collectibles that are in the works, but only in early stages of development. From prequel era bounty hunters to Ender style Leia Organa to a member of the Bad Batch, there's something for everyone. Hasbro is re-releasing some fan favorite figures under the Lucasfilm 50th anniversary banner. For those who missed them the first time around, the range coming spring 2021, including the Battle Droid, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Jar Jar Binks. All in episode one inspired package- packaging. So you know it's Darth, or Darth Maul looking at you all creepy in that like chrome looking uh casing it's gonna be sweet that will be available for pre-order at best buy i think now <laughs> for those who love the classic 3.75 inch scale and honestly who doesn't the vintage collection strikes back several highlights from the 1996 kenner line will return as part of the lucasfilm 50th anniversary celebration as well in spring 2021 including the atsg driver driver Princess Leia in Endor Fatigues. And of course, you gotta have an Ewok in there. Paplu the Ewok will be released in the 3.7 inch scale series. And as well as some, uh, the final season of uh, Clone Wars style uh, Ahsoka with two lightsabers, of course, and Darth Maul to go with soon to come out Bad Batch figures. Uh, new Andor set photos have revealed a look of the show's massive set as pr- production ramps up. Uh, the production began gearing up at the end of the last year. Now some see- some set photos have made their way onto the internet. Shared by Bespin Bulletin, the picture shows the construction of a massive Star Wars-style building in Buckinghamshire, England. Green screens are also erected on the set in preparation for very special effects. If you want to check out those pictures, go on over to Bestman Bulletin's Instagram page at Bestman Bulletin. Uh, it was the giant set has drawn some confusion online as other images of Star Wars set in the area has emerged in recent weeks. Some believe the set is actually from Obi Wan Kenobi, another show show headed for Disney Plus in the coming years. However, an early behind the scenes sizzle reel for Andrew show sets that match up with those pictures could be both both shows intend to use this set or just are that are just that there is more confusion over which show will occupy this construction village and james is most excited about this news there will be a life day book coming out later this year in september i believe the galaxy far far away meets wintry tales of holiday cheer that might sound like a stretch but it's a no-brainer according to star wars author kevin scott Winter festivals are all about hope in the darkest times, about being surrounded by family and friends, says Scott. What is more Star Wars than that? Uh, And the Life Day Treasury, holiday stories from a galaxy far, far away, coming out September 7th from Disney Lucasfilm Press. 
the exclusive it will be out and it'll be about that stuff it'll be stories uh well ties to the high republic and um, what the story i'm most interested in ewoks in snow that's the title there's a story in there it will have about ewoks in winter <laughs> so i'm excited and like i said you can pre-order now but it will be out september 7 wherever you buy books and one little final story uh going around uh, the internet this or i believe on twitter there is a cg rendering of a darth jar jar that <laughs> everyone's excited about created by artist kevin cassidy check him out kevin underscore cassidy with a c it's pretty wild stuff and this has been your hollow news hollow news that's the end end song uh yeah i love yeah. that darth jar jar stuff is <laughs> awesome I, I want more. I want more Jar Jar. Yeah. I think I think we deserve more Jar Jar. I think Ahmed Best deserves more Jar Jar. Whether he's Darth or not, I don't care. I, I just... You know, the lack of Gungans in Star Wars has really yeah. annoyed me. All right. Anyway, this is our 200th episode, so we decided to do something fun. Uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was within the top t- first 10, I want to say. We had Rob and Andrew on. It was all four of us. We sat on your dining room table. Do you remember this one? Yep. And uh, yep. Rob, Rob has always had, Darth Ward has always had this, uh, uh, I don't know, this itch where he didn't really like uh, Ian McDermott's performance in Revenge of the Sith very much. He thought it was too over the top. And Andrew mm-hmm. thinks that it's one of the best performances. So they, so they challenged each other to a a vote of no confidence, and they argued them, and that led to our very first Duel of the Fates trivia show. Um, mm. But we thought for our two other episode, it would be fun to have them come on and argue to uh, another topic, Bo-Katan versus Din Djarin. Who should rule Mandalore? Brock, do you have an opinion on who should rule Mandalore? Uh, no, because I feel like there's more story to be told. So <laughs> like... Nope, we got them all. <laughs> but we thought it, we just thought it would be a good time, and those are two characters that we know are around in Mandalorian. Who has who? Has who or is it like... We're going to find out, but uh, Rob has Din Djarin. Right, right, right. And Andrew has Bo-Katan. Uh, so I, I flipped a coin. I took a video of me flipping a coin, and because I flipped it with one hand, it, was the, it barely even flips. It literally just like, goes up and lands. And uh, so we did that. So it was fair. It was, it was an actual coin flip. I sent them that video, and they recorded it. And uh, they argue it, but when it's done, we want to hear who you all think it should be the ru- true ruler of Mandalore, based on their argument, not based on your own bias, based on their the facts that they spew. Yeah. And if you want to watch this video separate from this show, it will be on our RSPN Detours channel uh, Friday at 7 p.m. So you can check it out over there, also. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go watch them, Brock? Right now? <laughs> right now. Right now. Okay. Come on, guys. This body is not capable of action. I suggest new leadership is needed. I move for a vote of no confidence. Welcome to the Senate. And as you all know, Palpatine is the Senate. It's a vote of no confidence. I'm Andrew Fantasia, and I'm joined as always in the Senate, by somebody who hasn't, uh, I haven't been in the Senate with for a long, long time, because I haven't just been here in Coruscant for a long, long time, Mr. Rob McDonald. Hello, Mr. Rob McDonald. 
Yeah, I've been in the uh, quarantine room in the Senate, so I've just been stuck in there for uh, quite a long time. I mean, I I think we all know what quarantine feels like nowadays. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting on my nerves a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but that's how it's that's how I'm feeling. If we all had floating pods like the senators in Star Wars do, it'd be a lot easier to quarantine. Somebody gets within six feet of you, you're just like, nope, and you pod away. Pod is a verb now. Yeah. No, yeah, you could just like uh, put a, put like an anti-tractor beam, like pushing everything away, trying to get everybody away. <laughs> but the purpose of today is to not push people away, is we actually want to embrace people. We want to love them. We want to give them our germs today, Rob, because it's the 200th. Uh, Rebel Scum podcast episode. It's a big to do. Yeah, we're ah, oh, this is so exciting. I'm very happy for James and Brock for making it this far. You and I both told them on day one, you're never gonna make it past five episodes because we were cynical jerks, and they were like, oh yeah, we'll show you, and they showed us, and now we're eating our words. Uh, so we've decided to hold a vote of no confidence once again, like old times' sake. Because we want to celebrate this special occasion. It's the 200th episode. Rob, what are we voting with no confidence against Slash 4 today? So I believe the uh, the topic at hand basically is um, who should rule Mandalore? I believe it should be a case. And I think we got two very worthy contenders ab- about who should rule Mandalore. Yes, we do. We have the contender in this corner in the, the red corner, I'll say, because her hair is red, Miss Bo-Katan Kreese. And in the blue corner, Mr. Din, the Mandalorian, Jaren himself. Who are you throwing your vote with? My vote, I mean, I got to stick with my man here, and it is, of course, Din Jaren. That's the guy. That's the guy who should be ruling Mandalore. And then, of course, you're on the side of Bo-Katan. So would you like to get me, uh, would you like me to start this thing off here? Andrew, Absolutely. Tell me, tell me why you're rocking the vote for Din. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I mean, he's the one holding the dark saber right now, and uh, I feel like uh, you know we need change, Andrew. We need change. Mandalore's had some big problems in its past. I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but yeah, the, it, Mandalore's not hasn't had the most colorful and nice of pasts. We're not talking about something like you know, uh, like very like um, desolate like Tatooine like you know Tatooine has its own problems but you know Mandalore's been uh, ravaged a little bit let's say by war times and I think it's time to have a change I think it's time for Din Djarin to be the one to take over Mandalore and to be its rightful ruler Ooh, so you basically want to make Mandalore great again that's what you're saying yeah mag picture this with a mega hat, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> no, let's let's leave that part out of it. I mean, I think his time is done. But anyway, go go for it. Tell me why Bo-Katan is uh, number one. Well, I I had to go with Bo-Katan Kreez. Um, I'm all about the House of Kreez, as Madonna would say. I am crazy for you, crazy for you. I actually wrote that song. Fun fact: Madonna likes to say it was her. It wasn't. That's a lie too. I didn't. And we just got a, we just got a YouTube strike, I think, as well. For, yeah, just for that we just time. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we lost we lost seventy five subscribers, which means we are now in the negative. But that's okay. Uh, Bokate and Kreez is um, the rightful heir. Uh, she or heiress? I don't know. I don't know the right word. But she is uh, essentially King Arthur in the fact that there is this sword 
that whoever pulls it gets to be the ruler. And it belongs to her. Now, Mandalorian acquired it. Yes, he did. Din Djarin acquired that sword through combat. But the fact of the matter is he does not know how to rule a planet. She knows how to... She is a natural-born leader. She's never had the opportunity to really lead Mandalore. At least not what we've seen. But she has the army behind her. The Mandalorian... What's left of the Mandalorian army is behind her. And the bloodline. And we'll get more into the bloodline later. But the bloodline is a very key, important factor when it comes to Mandalorian culture. Because they're all about clans. So I think that there's just so much weight in her favor to sit down on that throne and be like, yo, you're all going to be crazy for me because I'm the queen of the jungle, whatever Mandalorian calls itself these days. It's it's funny that you brought up about how like she hasn't really gotten a chance to really rule Mandalore, but it's like if you look at the back backstory, she's kind of had like two separate terms of ruling Mandalore herself like it's after the whole mall situation gets dealt with she basically gets appointed and she's like you know the semi-ruler of mandalore before the empire comes takes over and then gar saxon basically takes over and then after that everything's resolved there it's it's um sabine wren who who dethrones him and basically hands over the uh the dark saber over back over to bokatan so again there's another uh ruling right there and then at some point afterwards she loses it to um Moff Gideon. So she's kind of, you know, had her chance a little bit, I feel like. She's she's gotten no chance and maybe, you know, outside factors have come in and taken it away from her a little bit, but it's like to, to me the fact of the matter is that it's like, yeah, we got things like Death Watch and d- different clans like Pre Previsla, Clan Visla, um basically all fighting amongst each other type of thing. But meanwhile, you got Din Djarin over here, who's just on the side. He's a foundling. He's you know, not really involved with everything as much as it is. Yeah, he was he was basically a children of the watch. He was he was brought up by Death Watch. And to me, he's the one that's kind of perfectly situated in the middle of this all. Because it's like there's so much going on between Death Watch and between Bo Katan's clan and the, their their group of Mandalorians that it's like if anybody's gonna bring these two clans together, I feel like it's the guy that's, you know, learning a little bit on the other side in season two. Din Djarin certainly learn about them. And then learn a little bit more in season three from Bo-Katan about it all. And it's like, if anybody's going to broach a piece between these clans, I feel like it's the guy that's stuck in the middle with you. Hmm. <laughs> You're right. Uh, Bo-Katan has had, she's, she's had two non-consecutive rulings. She's, she's the Grover Cleveland of Mandalore. But uh, she, you know, they, both times it was swept out from under her unfairly and unjustly. Um, I think that Death Watch is an interesting point to bring up because, you know, if, I, if I'm sitting here on election day and I'm looking at Bo-Katan and I'm looking at Din Djarin and I'm like, who am I going to elect to be ruler of Mandalore? Is it going to be the lady who led our armies to freedom by, you know, standing up to the empire and everybody who tried to take down our planet or the guy who basically lives with Mandalorian Al-Qaeda? So... Which one am I going to put my vote with? And I have to go with the one who has proven that the planet and the people of Mandalore come first to her. I believe that there is so much love that she has for her people. And I don't think 
Din Djarin has that. I think he has love for his clan, whatever their clan calls themselves. I don't even remember if they have a name when he's down there on Navarro with the armor. I think they're just like, we're the clan, whatever. Yeah, they just call themselves Mandalorians, it seems like. That's yeah, it. just just the Mandalorians. And I think that there is love within that group. But I don't feel like, you know, I feel like if Din Djarin was to travel to some back, like if he was just to go to Jakku and go to a, a tavern in Jakku and meet a Mandalorian who's not from his clan, I feel like his first instinct would be to fight them. Bo-Katan's first instinct would be like, hey, how are you? Are you okay? Where's your family? What house did you come from? Did you, you know, were you there during the purge or what have you? And I think that all has roots in the fact that her sister Satine was this sort of glue that held Mandalore together. She refused to take part in the Clone Wars. She kept them away from war. And even though Bo-Katan and Satine didn't always see eye to eye, I think Bo-Katan appreciated the fact that there was so much peace, even if it was just for a little bit, a tiny smidgen of time, because of Satine's actions. And she's going to, I think she has learned at this point where we meet her in The Mandalorian Season 2, I think Bo-Katan has learned from the mistakes she made back during the Clone Wars. And now she's a wiser person because she's taken the best elements of herself, the best elements of her older sister, R.I.P., and she's squished that all together into the ultimate Mandalorian ruler. And when she has had those two non-consecutive terms in office, she hasn't had that power under her belt yet. She hasn't been, for lack of a better word, the Jedi Master equivalent of a ruler. She's just been running things as a Padawan. Uh, but now she is, you know, Octo Luke Skywalker coming into his own and realizing that he can be the best Jedi he can be, even if he doesn't set foot off Octo. I think she's at that stage now. Whereas Din Djarin, God bless him, he's a good man, but he's still learning. And I think right now he's too lost without Grogu. And the last thing you want to do is give him a planet and a people to take care of and make his responsibility. Yeah, see, I starting to wrap this thing up a little bit, but in my eyes, like, you know, you're mentioning how it's like, you know, he's lost a little bit now. I, I consider him not necessarily lost it's just that you know that has been his mission dealing with grogu that has been his mission everything else was just off to the side like he was uninterested in anything else it was just about that now his his plate is actually free a little bit he's free to like you know um uh start dealing with some of the stuff that's been brought up to him recently and i mean you mentioned how it's like you're unsure about how he would react about seeing somebody that's not a part of his clan i mean he he met Bo-Katan in in season two. He he met her. He they were a little hostile at first, but ultimately it grew. And clearly he he uh, he cared enough about her to actually go to her for help, right? Like to get Grogu back. It's like he trusted her enough. Who somebody's not a part of his plan. It's not a part of Death Watch. Who he doesn't consider a true Mandalorian. He was he was he felt it enough to go to her and ask her for help. And you know create a unity between those two, right? A little bit. And I feel like that unity is what's missing from a little bit, from Satine to Bo-Katan to whatever, right? Because even when Satine was around, you had Previsla off on the side, and it's like, oh, he's they're not real Mandalorians. They can stay on this moon over there, right? Like, that, that's what they thought about Previsla. And then you had this uprising, right, that was coming up to, to take it back, because they thought it's like, oh, you're pushing us downward, come back and take it all from me, right? And... With Bo-Katan, even when she takes over after Maul's rule, it's like you had uh, Gar Saxon, who was coming up and basically, you know, 
created an alliance with the Empire to take over Mandalore again. And it's a case where it's like, yeah, she could go and take it back again, but it's like, Death Watch will still be around. They'll be still around, and they'll, they'll rise up again. They'll, they'll try to take it from her again. The ultimate way to fix this entire thing is to combine those two together. I feel like it's the guy that, yeah, was, was again, raised to be part of Death Watch, raised to be part of this, you know, rebel group, like, you know, this, this splinter cell of, of Mandalorians. But it's ultimately him who's starting to realize what how the other Mandalorians work and how they you know, how they see things. And I'm sure we'll get to see that in, 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 in season three. Uh, it's that type of a guy that can finally not just, you know, rule Mandalore peacefully, like, you know, how Satine did and how Bo-Katan wanted to, and perhaps how she thinks she can, but to finally put those two parts together and say, you, we are both Mandalorians. Death Watch is Mandalorians, Clan Vizsla are Mandalorians, and so are uh, Bo-Katan's group. So is uh, Satine's group of Mandalorians. We're all Mandalorians, and we're going to unite this thing together, and, you know, maybe we can finally grow a plant on this planet. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my point of view. Again, co- close it off there, Andrew. Uh, in closing, I got to say, I think that in time, in, in a few years' time, Din Djarin will have the mental fortitude to be able to be a leader. Uh, I, because being a parent or guardian to one being is a much different thing from being a leader to many people. And I think that, yes, he is now, you know, in honor, in name, a Mandalorian. Sure, he's a foundling. We don't know what planet he's originally from. Doesn't matter. He's a Mandalorian now. But I think his loyalties in his heart of hearts as a Mandalorian, when he thinks of himself as a Mandalorian, he thinks of, again, his little enclave of of homies. And all those little homies... And our armorer friend, who, by the way, I'm putting money down. The armorer is coming back in season three. Um, But that (laughs) she has to. Yeah. Um, That little group of homies is where his heart is. And I think that the Mandalorian people, the vast majority, I can't even remember how many planets are part of the Mandalore consortium. I think it's more than just the planet Mandalore. I'm sure there's a few others. I don't I think all those people are so far removed from him they're not even on his radar. His whole pocket is this offshoot of Death Watch and Death Watch as we've known them in the the Gar Saxon and uh pre Vizsla days are not the most caring people. They don't have the best interests of the people of Mandalore. They have the best interests of themselves. They were power hungry, they were greedy. They wanted to return Mandalore to the way of the warrior. They wanted to fight. And I believe that the Din Djarin that we met at the beginning of the Mandalorian is along that same vein. Now he's been softened by Grogu. He's been made to be a person who's more empathetic and willing to use diplomacy rather than aggressive negotiations. But he still needs to wean his way. He's got to wash Death Watch out of his bloodstream because that is still what's fueling him. And until he can do that, I wouldn't put him in charge of a damn thing, especially if there's any missiles on any planets. Uh, I'm not giving him the keys to those missiles yet. So I am still uh, polishing off the throne and making sure it is comfy and clean and secure for when Bo-Katan puts her butt in it and starts ruling the planet. Uh, Because it is a third term that has been long earned.
Fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, I think we I think we need a vote for this. So I think we need properly, you know, put this in Twitter or whatever, set up the vote. And then when I'm up four to three, we stop the count. OK, that's how it's going to work. Um, but I think we're uh, we're in for a treat either way, whoever rules Mandalore, even though it is going to be Bo-Katan crazy. We'll see, buddy. We'll see. I'm, cr- <laughs> I'm crazy for you. Anyway, that has been a vote of no confidence a long time coming rob it is such a pleasure to vote with no confidence alongside you once again and of course back to brock and james happy 200th episode guys you only got this far because of rob and i let's be real thanks guys top five top five top five you know andrew and rob I wish they, I wish they would just get, <laughs> I wish they would get along. All they do is argue. <laughs> Every time we see them we argue. Today's top 5 is a continuation from last week's top 5. It's our top 5 Star Wars moments. This was the hardest top 5 of all time. Uh, last week we did numbers 10 through 6. Today will be 5 through 1. Uh, most people are going to hate me and say that I'm not a real Star Wars fan with my number 5 and that is the assassination attempt on Padme Amidala, the Zam Wessel chase. <laughs> we got Anakin, Obi-Wan, Zam, Jango Fett, four of my favorites. And that, the reason why, Brock, that that is so high on my list and is number five is because, and I say this all the time, when I think of Star Wars, my mind goes to that scene and it would be disingenuous for me not to have it on my list in my <laughs> top five. And that's, I'm just being honest. I mean, if my mind goes there, that's got to be one of my favorite moments, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's your list. You can do whatever you want. And <laughs> <laughs> you, your list is terrible. Yeah, uh, my number five is that's no moon. Ooh. I think it's one of my favorite quotes from A New Hope, and it's the first time we see a Death Star. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not the I guess last. If you, yeah, so it's just wild. It's like that can't be possible. So it's like, and it's that's a big that. The the ability to destroy life on a grand scale is a big theme throughout Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Even now in High Republic, they're like, this thing's going to come and probably blow up this planet. We got to do something. Uh, so, yeah. It's not Star Wars if a planet can get destroyed. Uh, my number four. Uh, I don't know. This is a great one for me, but it's the the season one finale of The Mandalorian when the incinerator trooper comes in and Grogu stops the fireball. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is uh, awesome. that is my number four moment. A fantastic. I said last week the Praetorian guy was, you know, was, hasn't had time to manifest, but this moment there's just something Star Wars about this moment. Yeah, yeah. That's just it's just it. I love every second of it, and it's one of my favorite Grogu scenes for sure. It's not as good as the egg episode. <laughs> no, but still, sweet. I, I just love, Enough I just that, love it. Like, there's so many incinerator trooper figures. That, like, I got know, the Funko like, Pop. Yeah. I got, I got, I just, I love that figure. Yeah, I love that. But the way he stops in, then he gets tired after. Just the whole thing is just. Yeah. I, it's just one. It's my t- number four. My number four is also from Mandalorian, and it's also from a finale, but from season two, Luke returns in Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Nobody saw that coming. We knew there was a Jedi coming, but we had like I mean, I'm sure like us, we were like, oh, maybe Luke could show up. No one knew it was coming. Not even people on set. <laughs> set. <knew it> was <laughs> like that's wild. Amazing. And everything about that scene is amazing from like the silent 
fly in the X-Wing and just the reveal of him walking into the... Yeah. And, yeah, it was a great scene. And I know it sounds weird to have something so new, so high on this list, but, like, that show, it's going to go down as a huge touchstone part of Star Wars lore. So. I, I will. That's not on my list, and and neither is the armorer in season one kicking butt. Also, there are oh, so yeah. many moments that from both seasons that were near my the Mudhorn almost made my list as I, I mentioned the egg, but yeah. none of them did. Uh, but it great moment. Um, I also don't have, I don't have uh, Darth Vader and Rogue One on my list either, which is the is the equal to that Luke moment in my opinion. Um, my number three, a lot of people's favorite, but this kind of changed. I think this moment changed Star Wars forever in every facet, and that is, I am your father. Ooh. <sighs> of course, of course. Yeah, my my top three are boring, but like, because they're obvious. But like, but this moment, I mean, because of this, everything is a twist now. Everything, what's the twist? It doesn't need a twist. And and the thing that was brilliant is it didn't. Uh, retcon what came before in any way, shape, or form. It kind of took what you learned before and it flipped it on its head. It said, yeah, yeah Anakin was killed by Vader, but in a different way. Uh, from a different point of view. Uh, so number three is I am your father. My number three is important because when Disney purchased Star Wars, they're like, oh, now we can do stuff. Like, when are they going to make that move? When are they going to make that like ballsy mover like this is ours now it wasn't it wasn't with luke throwing over the lightsaber over his shoulder it wasn't oh god what was the other thing i was gonna say it wasn't uh oh god crap i don't think it's when they truly showed that like this is our thing now and we can do what we want is the child revealed it turns out the asset was a what we were calling baby yoda Right off the first episode of Mandalorian, and it was just like, you remember how Luke George Lucas is like, we don't tell you what Yoda is, and it's like, well, look, here's another one. Even though Yaddle was around, whatever. Like, now we're like, there's potential that we could learn more about the race that Yoda and now we know as Grogu could come from. Maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But it was just like this was like one of the first times where Disney was like. Let's play. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think we're going to get more of that because I think we absolutely. talked about it earlier, but their feet are wet now. Right. It took, it took seven, eight and nine and a couple spinoffs and, and, and they're like, okay, okay, we've got a hand. And you can, you know, it, yeah. it does take time. And they made five good movies. Great movies. One yeah. of them sucked. I don't know which one sucked. I just picked one. <laughs> uh, my number two. I, I, I love this moment. <laughs> One of my favorite characters is in this moment. I mentioned two of them already. Duel of the Fates. My favorite oh, lightsaber yeah. fight. Great. But it was the, you know, the Star Wars music was always great, but Duel of the Fates is the one. You know, I told the story a few weeks ago where I went for a walk <laughs> and the van came and they were listening to Duel of the Fates driving this van. Ba, 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 da. It just, it's, it's just fantastic. Uh, the music score itself, but the scene, the, the, the lightsabers, Qui-Gon deaths, Obi-Wan taking them out. That moment, as Dave Filoni says in the, in the making of the Mandalorian show, that moment 
just like I am your father, it kind of changes Star Wars. It's it, not the same impact necessarily for the viewer standpoint, but in the story uh, wise, it changes everything going forward with Anakin and kind of leads him down that path because of all those events. So, uh, Duel of the Fates, though, also Phantom Menace. I love that scene. Pod racing didn't make my list, but Duel of the Fates did. <laughs> ba, 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 my da. number two, my number two, you already said, uh, no, Luke, I am your father. Like the synonymous line from yeah. star wars uh it's got to be high it's like rating star wars where it's like you can't not put empire and jedi at the top of your list i mean you can but you would be I, wrong i would argue <laughs> that it is the number one moment in star wars yeah uh so to it's so ingrained in the zeitgeist that we quote it wrong all the mm-hmm. time it's well, the most like, quote, man, misquoted, yeah. yeah it's so misquoted because people are just they have talked about this scene ad nauseum like it is the precursor it is the og star wars moment where now we have to have these crazy reveals without this you can't have the child revealed where you're just like oh this is a very fun movie i'm having a great time and oh my god what just happened it's funny the thing with the child and the i am your father those two the things that makes those two moments great and they're very different yeah you know reveals but what makes them both great is nothing led you towards them yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, no. like in Star Wars, Ray being a Palpatine, you're kind of like, well, who is she? You're waiting for something, right? But in, in, but those two moments, you're never waiting for those two moments. It's like, <gasps> what? Like, it, yeah. so for me, those are those are great. Absolutely. Oh, well, 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 my number one, uh, and this is the the most boring one of them all, but and it's staple. But it is a moment that, much like the Zam Wessel chase, is a moment that I think most people start of think of when they think of Star Wars, and it's a moment um, that I think of finally from my childhood. The one that I don't talk about often, and that is the opening scene of A New Hope when the stormtroopers and Vader burst through <laughs> the door. It is such a freaking awesome scene every the build up and then the execute everything about it is actually phenomenal and the way to start yeah. a movie yeah. slash a franchise it's you can't get better than that you got the rebellion soldiers at the door you got the the the, the droids all walking along like everything about that sets up the world perfectly and then the stormtroopers come in and everyone's dead and there's smoke and then vader it's just probably i mean it's my number one but as my number one favorite star wars moment it's just i don't know just beautiful my, my number one's also from new hope and almost bookends what you just said it's the i like i i love my list because they're just like quotes like <laughs> let's blow this thing and get out of here kid the trench run the, yeah. the turn of han solo <laughs> I, both like like it's amazing that you what you picked is like an explosion of the entrance on the uh, <laughs> five, and an explosion from the the, the, air, air, the like the Death Star. Like I never really realized that there's kind of like someone had to shoot out an entrance because it's like I mean he's shooting a ventilation thing, but it's really like you're blowing off the cover of something. That's wild. Uh, yeah, I love it. There's just there's something. It's just like it looks like he's doomed luke is not going to make it and he's relying on this thing he just learned about the force and they're like i can do it and like vader's got him in his sights and then han solo comes out of nowhere and just like woo yeah like let's get out of here like <laughs> people could, like millions of people were about to die and it's just like this moment of triumph so i love it 
This I, is why we love Star Wars. Exactly. And you know what? A New Hope is it's never it's always in like the middle of the rankings every year. And I never <laughs> yeah. put it high. But it is it is the best Star Wars movie. Uh probably by a mile. I, sorry, Empire Strikes Back fans. But the but the thing with that one is it's because it's like this isolated movie and everything it hits every single beat to perfection. And it takes its time getting you to where you need to go, but it it's, yeah. it kicks things off, like I said, phenomenally, and then it ends things, like you said, on a great note as well. Like they just they, uh, yeah, it's I never thought of that either, but it, it it's a bookend. It bookends yeah. itself so perfectly, um, and because of that movie and because of those two moments, we we have now forty two, forty three years of of these or 44 years, however many years of these movies coming and, and, and no end in sight to the saga whatsoever. And yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. Can't believe it. 200 episodes here. We've almost Ooh. been going, we've done more episodes than George Lucas did. <laughs> we are the age that George Lucas was when he decided to make a podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. He was wearing a plaid shirt. And jeans, <laughs> flannel and jeans, George Lucas. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did. It was 1977, <laughs> and somehow he had a Coke Zero. <laughs> uh, I said you need to make a Coke Zero, and I had it. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you uh, everybody for watching. Obviously, George Lucas for creating Star Wars, and Disney for buying it and creating more Star Wars content. <laughs> we, but we do love Star Wars. You can tell by our top ten list; it was kind of wild and zany, and was all over yeah. the place. Um, and that's the thing with Star Wars is it has so many moments that it does you know, there's no right or wrong, but let's let us know what your top moments, your top five Star Wars moments are in the comments below. Yeah. Uh, we also have to mention, Brock, that we will be back on Sunday with another podcast episode 201. Oh, what? What? Two it's, episodes. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Star Wars Podcast Day. So hashtags, hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day. Um, we are, we are going to be a part of that. So Sunday will be episode 201. We're talking something. I don't know what I, we have. No, uh, there's a rundown. We will be doing never tell me the odds and top five and hollow news. Nice. Yeah. The rundown starring Dwayne Johnson. Oh, that movie was like picking up steam on Twitter. Somebody <laughs> mentioned it and I commented and Rosario Dawson liked all of the comments. And then somebody else was like, the rundown is underrated. And I was like, where is this coming from? And it is. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> Schwarzenegger, when he walks by, goes, have fun. It's the greatest. Great movie. Great movie. Also, Jumanji 2, Welcome Back to the Jungle, was also a fun ride. Um... Oh, we're on TuneIn now. So you can listen to us everywhere, yeah. TuneIn, and maybe by the time this airs, Amazon Music. So you can keep finding us wherever. We're just, we're gro- we're ever growing, Brock. We're ever yeah. growing. Um, we are legion. We are everywhere. Anything else you want to say for the 200th time? Thank you to everyone who listens to us, even for one episode or 10 episodes or 200 episodes. I appreciate, we appreciate everything. If you like it, if you don't like it, we like to hear your f- feedback. And it's great to know that people are actually listening to us go on and on and on about make-believe. So thank you. <laughs> make-believe. Thank you, James. Thank you not to Andrew Fantasia. <laughs> thank you to all the fans that like to listen. Yeah, and thank you, Brock, for uh, for your perseverance and saying let's do a podcast for yeah. almost as – for. 
almost as long as we've been doing a podcast. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but that was great, and I have fun doing this with you every week, and I look forward to doing it uh, two more times this week. <laughs> it's literally the only time we talk to each other on a <laughs> He sent me more Bernie memes. I can't <laughs> talk to him right now. Those Bernie memes were phenomenal. I loved every <laughs> second of them. What a wild 48 hours. <laughs> it was. And then Aaron made me make one, and then I just started making them myself. And I was like, <laughs> and I got caught up in them. I was like, I could put them here. And I was like, I could put them here. And I put them in the Ghostbuster chair, and it was awesome. <laughs> all right 200 episodes right. thanks so much for watching thank you to our patrons uh, for all of your support also over there on patreon.com slash scum podcast i'm james he's brock and he was always scum rebel scum Ba-ba-ba-ba-da. hey scumbags thanks for watching don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video as always please subscribe to our youtube channel rebel scum podcast for all the latest videos